Welcome to the Girl, Get Your Voice Back podcast, a podcast all about helping women to overcome condemnation and silence shame by standing on the promises of God and coupling faith with action. Four times a month, I deliver the truth that many don't want to hear, but if you heed to what I'm saying, you're bound to be set free and walk boldly in your assignment. I'm your host, Ebony D. James, and I aim to amplify women's voices and help them to walk into their God-given mandate fearlessly and strategically. Hey y'all, today we're talking all about confession, vulnerability, and ultimately experiencing freedom. So as you all know, we're going to kick it off with an anchor scripture, which is the promise that we're standing on, we're holding on to in this particular episode. And the anchor scripture is coming from 1 John chapter 1 verse 9, and it reads, if we confess our sins. Now, if you caught the episode on last week, we talked about standing on the promises of God and we talked about the difference between a conditional promise and an unconditional promise. And just in case you missed it, I want you to go back and watch it. But just in case case you missed it, I wanted to give you this quick snippet. A conditional promise is a promise like an if-then statement where in order for that promise to be fulfilled, there's an action, a behavior, or something that has to occur before that promise can be fulfilled. But then in an unconditional promise, it's a promise that you don't have to do anything. It doesn't require your words. Nothing that you do, nothing that you say, nothing that you can possibly think of can change this promise from being fulfilled. Because um, in the instant that I talked about in the episode on last week, for an unconditional promise, it's usually because of the goodness of God. Because God is so good, he's going to do this. Because he loves us so much, he's going to do this. Despite how much we sin, despite how much we fail, despite how much we think we are unworthy, an unconditional promise means an unconditional promise means that no matter what you do, God still loves you. No matter what you do, he still cares about you, right? And so, 1 John 1.9 is a conditional promise, and you know that because that word if denotes that if something happens, there's something else that's going to happen. And so, this conditional promise in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9 says, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So, if we confess our sins, God is faithful to forgive them. If we confess our sins, God is faithful to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So I don't know about y'all, but we can decree and we can declare the promise just and leave it at that. We can just go ahead and cancel the rest of the episode that I have planned because we can stand and believe just on this scripture alone. God, as I confess my sin, I know, Lord, that you are faithful to forgive me so I don't have to struggle with the thought or the lie that God hasn't forgiven me or that this sin is unforgivable because he's already promised me in 1 John 1, 9 that if I confess, he's going to be faithful. So if I start to think like, oh, did he forgive me? Then you're really questioning his character. You're really questioning his faithfulness. And so I want you all to decree and declare if there's something that you need to confess, decree and declare and have the mindset that, Lord, no, I know that once I confess this thing, once I get emboldened or figure out where the boldness is, once I overcome the fear of 
confession, once I become vulnerable, I know that because you are a faithful God and because I have the receipts to prove that you are a faithful God, I know that you are going to forgive me for that sin I did last night, for that sin I did 10 years ago, for that sin that I just did the other day, the sin I just did this morning, right? Because of who you are and because you are a faithful God, if I confess, I know you're going to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Woo! We're just, we just going to come straight out the gate today, I guess. <laughs> so that's the anchor scripture. And so let's get into the definitions. And I believe this is important, not only because I'm just a teacher at heart, but I think once we get the definitions of these terms, and y'all notice that I kind of go through that every single episode. And I believe it's important because we need understanding. We need the knowledge of what these terms mean. And I think, you know, growing up in elementary and middle school, we used to have these um, tests, these vocabulary tests where we had to know the definition of words. And we kind of probably took that for granted. I know I did. Um, I passed them, but, you know, for me, I was that type of person who was like, I'm going to remember this just for the test. And if I remember it after then, that's cool. But if not, that's cool too. I just need this for the test. And so, I think it's very important that we understand the meaning of these words that we're always talking about, that we're always saying. And before I move forward, let me do not disturb my computer before these notifications start rolling in. So, confession defined. So, when we're talking about confession, to confess a thing is to acknowledge that it happened, to admit that it occurred, to profess with your mouth, to confidently declare. Sometimes, look, it may not be confident. You might have to just get that thing out so you can say, so you can say you got it out, right? Sometimes we don't confess confidently. We confess because we can't take it no more. We confess because, listen, at this point, I desire the breakthrough. I desire the freedom. I desire the healing way more than I do the embarrassment. Way more than I um, do the um, the shame that I may experience as a result of the confession. I desire the freedom and the healing and walking into my God-given destiny way more than I care about what people are going to say about me once I confess this. Right? So it's to declare, to disclose, to reveal, to expose the plan of the enemy. Right? To confess or even confession. I know a lot of times in, I think, the Catholic Church, they have confession. That's not the kind of confession I'm talking about in this sense. But it is an intimate revelation about something that has occurred privately. It's something that you declare publicly or intimately with a friend or a spiritual parent or a, you know, spouse or something that you're declaring publicly or to someone else. It's not you confessing to yourself. You don't work like that. But it has to be to someone else about something that has occurred privately. About something that you have done that don't nobody else know about. Or maybe somebody else do know about it, but you have to confess it, right? And literally, this podcast was birthed. All of the things that I talked to you all about was birthed because of I me making a choice or making a decision to acknowledge what I did. 
to admit to the abortion that I had, to profess before peers and my spiritual parents and my now husband what I had done, right? I had to declare that this is the thing that I had done in private and now I'm exposing it because I'm battling this internal stuff. I'm, I'm battling internally condemnation, shame, and guilt and it's hindering me from walking into who God has called me to be. And so I had to declare it and trust me, it was not a confident declaration, but I had to reveal what I had done. And we're going to talk about the freedom that you can experience, the healing or the journey or the process that begins once you confess. And so again, confession is an admission or acknowledgement that one has done something or that, that one is ashamed about. That's something that brought embarrassment, right? For me, it was an abortion, but for you, it could be adultery. For you, it could be rape, right? And it doesn't always have to be something that you did wrong. It could be something that happened to you, right? But if we stay silent, if we stay muzzled, right, then we don't get to experience what God wants us to experience from that situation. For you, it could be molestation. For you, it could just be that you just don't feel like a good parent. Or maybe you, out of frustration, out of exhaustion, you started snapping on your child. For you, maybe it was something that you lied about. Maybe it was something that you were supposed to do and you haven't done it yet. Maybe it's disobedience because God has called you to do a thing and you still have not done it. Or he called you to do a thing his way, but you're doing it your own. Right? It can be a world of wide range of things, right? So whatever it is for you, confess it so that why? Go back to first John 1 9. Because he's gonna be faithful to forgive us and he's going to cleanse us from not just a little bit of unrighteousness, but from all unrighteousness. Okay. And the last definition that I'll say for confession is it is a formal statement admitting that one is guilty of a crime so for some people they confess a crime so maybe you you committed a crime i don't know who listened to these podcasts maybe you committed a crime confess that thing formally state and admit that you are guilty if you know that you are guilty right so yes we're talking about the power of confession and maybe you can tell it in my voice but confession is a very powerful thing trust me i know we're talking about the power of confession and how confession can be a jump start to your healing how confession can be a jump start to your breakthrough how confession to be can be that pivot that you've been looking for or that you know that you need so that you can shift and be all who God called you to be. Maybe for you, confession is the, the, the thing that you need to do so that you can go and move forward. Okay. And so again, when I'm talking about confession, it's usually because we have been muzzled or silenced or we are believing the lie that the enemy is telling us because we haven't confessed. Oh, you don't have to confess. Or, girl, if you confess that, you know, people gonna think this about you. If you confess that, you really ain't gonna be able to walk into your God-given destiny because now you're gonna be, like, people gonna see you as dirty. People gonna be like, you're unworthy to do this, 
right? Then you're gonna be dealing with all of this imposter syndrome stuff, and it's like, forget all that. Forget all of that. I will not be silenced. I will not be muzzled any longer and have to deal with the thoughts of what if. What if I had confessed earlier? What if I had told this person this? What if, how could my life be better because of this? How could I receive forgiveness and healing and all of these things that I've been longing for? A peace of mind, right? Joy in the Lord. Confidence in my assignment, in my call, in my walk, in my career, in my business, in my ministry. How can I receive those things, right? as a result of confession. So, what does it mean to be muzzled? So we know that a muzzle is a covering over the mouth and nose, usually for an animal, to prevent biting, eating, etc. right? A muzzle is used to restrain people from speaking. It's used to um, refrain people from expressing their opinions about a thing. Um, synonyms for being muzzled is silence to silence someone to censor. We've seen a lot of that in the past few years. Um, like a muzzle doesn't have to be something physical place, right? It can be something that's mental. In social media, censoring means whenever you say the word vaccination or COVID, they got a little disclaimer on the bottom of your video that says like, uh, this may not be facts. This may not be accurate. That's muzzling you and your message to keep you from expressing your opinion, to keep you from saying information that whoever believes that, oh, no, that ain't the truth, right? They're, they're keeping you from the truth. And so I didn't even talk about what the episode was titled, but this episode is, is titled Unmuzzle Me. The hidden truth about confession. Listen, we're here to break every limiting belief, every limiting mindset that you have been struggling and wrestling with as it concerns being silenced, as it concerns being censored, as it concerns confession. And so, other synonyms is to cover up, right? Sometimes we just cover up the truth. We don't, we don't say the whole truth. We just give bits and pieces that's not going to make us look bad. That's not going to bring us shame. That's not going to embarrass us. So we cover up the truth with a half truth, which is still a lie. Another synonym is to suppress, to smother, and to stifle. All right? So why does the enemy want to keep us muzzled? muzzled? Why does the enemy want to silence you? Right? He knows that once we are unmuzzled, once we have freedom of speech, once we are able to express our truth, we get our voice back. Once we get our voice back, once we're able to freely speak, we can then debunk every lie, every myth. We can expose his plan so that they don't happen. Right? We can reveal the hidden truth that keep God's people in bondage. And we can unveil, right? A big part of why I call it the life group that I do every second of the month, the Unveiling Women's Life Group. Listen, we're, unvo we're unveiling everything. We're unveiling everything so that we can be the women that God has called us to be, right? Once we are unmuzzled, he knows 
we're going to disclose and we are going to overcome right do you know what happens to an animal that is aggressive or has experienced trauma when it gets muzzled and i'm saying animal because usually when we talk about muzzles we're um animals are the ones that have these muzzles and you can picture like the muzzle covering their mouth right and so I'm not calling you an animal just to be clear because you know I don't want people to be like, oh, she calling us dogs up on this. That's not what I'm doing. Come on, get in the spirit, okay? So, here's the thing. They put muzzles on animals to prevent a behavior for, from occurring. What we know to be true is once you put a muzzle on an animal that has experienced aggressive behaviors, or that has been traumatized by an event when it gets muzzled those same behaviors that they're meant to prevent are now being increased so you will find that the animal becomes more aggressive in a lot of cases you will find that the covering has now become counterproductive right and so you're thinking let's just say for example whatever thing that you're you're being that's been covered up in your life that thing that you swept under the rug the thing that you have not confessed yet right it's kind of counterproductive when we're remaining silent when we fail to confess because now even though we may look good on the outside to man first of all god still knows right He's waiting for us to be vulnerable and open and real and honest so that he can step in and do what he already promised he's going to do. And so, while we're trying to hide these things, right? First of all, like I said, God already knows. But then also, you find yourself struggling with things you never really struggle with. Like, oh, I've never felt shame before. I've never felt condemnation before right but then we start seeing that our fear of man becomes increased everything we do we're trying to figure out oh do they know every time listen true story i would be in church services right keep in mind i haven't confessed or anything i would be in church services i would be in regular conversations with people and if anybody mentioned anything about abortion if anybody mentioned anything about you know unprotected sex and all that stuff sex outside of marriage i would be like oh do they know i'm thinking in my mind like oh i wonder do they know oh is god speaking to them about me you know you know how we be we get into a church service and they just read your whole story on the pulpit even though they haven't directed it to you you like dang lord like what you trying to reveal <laughs> you know and it's like god wants to help you make the next step right it's conviction it's not condemnation it's conviction and that's what you're feeling when you can go into a church or or just have a friendly conversation with your bestie or your homegirl or your homeboy and it's like man i feel like you just ran my entire life and i ain't said nothing to you that is conviction right that is that is the beginning of a door being open for you to vulnerably confess and so i talked about how when we're unmuzzled it helps us to overcome it helps other people
people to overcome. And so we have to address the muzzles that that are in our life. We have to address address the things that um, are keeping us muzzled. We have to deal with those underlying issues. A lot of times we want to just have these surface level relationships and we don't want to be accountable to anybody. We feel like can't nobody tell us nothing. We, You know what I'm saying? Like we, we get it too old for that. We too grown for that. And because we are people of the most high God, then none of that matters. We are called to be accountable. We are called to expose the lies of the enemy. Why? Because there's so many people that's walking around here that do not know Jesus. And according to the Bible, they are going to hell. And so we have to be the ones who say, hey, listen, no longer shall I remain silent. No longer shall I shut up. No longer, no. This thing got to be like fire shut up in your zone, or in your bones. Like, I got to I gotta confess this thing. Why? So my people can be free. So I can be free. So I can go get the other women who struggle with this same thing out. Right? Because now they'll be able to relate to me because I know what they're going through. I know the thoughts that they're thinking. I know how they feel. Right? And I don't know why I'm looking this way, but just, just, just bear with me, you know? If you've been muzzled, it will surrender you ineffective, right? There, the enemy knows that there's a call, there's an assignment on your life. There's a people that you have to reach because of your story, because of your testimony. But he knows that if he, if he can keep you muzzled, if he can keep you silent, if he can hinder you from confessing, then he can keep you ineffective. He can keep you ineffective. And so let's talk about the book of Acts. And so Acts chapter 4, verses 18 through 21. And I'm going to read the King James Version and the TPT Version. And I'm going to start with the KJV. So King James Version says, After Peter and John had did the healing miracle, the rulers of the land couldn't deny what had been done. So instead, because they couldn't deny what had been done, the rulers of the land tried to silence or muzzle them. Okay? This is this is this is the context, alright? This is this is not the scripture. I ain't got there yet. So after Peter and John had did the healing miracle, the rulers of the land couldn't deny what had been done. So instead they tried to silence Peter and John. Instead, they tried to muzzle Peter and John. And so Acts 4, and I'm sorry with 17. Verse 17 says, no, I'm sorry with 18. No, 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 I'm sorry with 17. Verse 17 says, but that is spread no farther among the people. Let us straightly threaten them that they speak henceforth to no man in his name. Verse 18 says, and they called them and commanded John and Peter not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. Now, many of us bow down to the threats and the silencing um, of man, of the enemy. But here's what Peter and John said. And I want you to take notes and write this down. If you feel like you've been struggling, that there's somebody threatening you to remain silent. If there's a, a, a silent enemy somewhere telling you, like, if you say this, this is what's going to happen. If you confess this, people are going to judge you. If you confess this, um, 
you're gonna feel even worse. You know what I'm saying? People are gonna hate you for saying this. You know? Peter and John did this. In verse 19 it says, But Peter and John answered and said unto them, Whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, judge ye. Whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, judge ye. Verse 20 says, For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. Verse 21 says, So when they had further threatened them, which means they threatened them again after Peter and John had to say what they had to say, the rulers of the land threatened them again. And it says, So when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding nothing how they might punish them because of the people. For all men glorified God for that which was done. Okay? And so let me read the TPT version. This is so good. I'm going to start in 18, verse 18 for TPT version. It says, so they had them brought back in before the council, and they commanded, so they, the rulers of the land, commanded Peter and John to never teach the people or speak again using the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, you can judge for yourselves. Is it better to listen to you or to God? Verse 20 says, it's impossible for us to stop speaking about all the things we've seen and heard. Verse 21 says, since the members of the council couldn't come up with a crime to punish Peter and John for, they threatened them once more and let them go. All the people praised God, thrilled over the miraculous healing of the crippled man. Listen, y'all. One, we got to just stop bowing down to the threats of men. We have to stop listening to the lies of the enemy that's threatening us, that's trying to keep us silent, right? What would it look like for you if you could boldly declare, listen, like they did in verse 20, it is impossible for me to stop speaking about all the things God has done in my life. It's impossible for me to stop speaking about all to Jesus. It is impossible for me to not share this good news of the miraculous things that he's doing in my life. It's impossible. It's impossible. So when you hear people on social media and on the internet and in your life group and in your church and in your business confessing and sharing their testimonies, listen, it's because it's impossible for me not to tell you how God has healed me after having an abortion, how God has restored my life, how God has forgiven after having an abortion. It's impossible for me not to tell you about the freedom that I feel. It's impossible for me to not tell you about how good God has been in my life even after the abortion. It's impossible for me to stop speaking about it because God is so good. And I want you to experience that same thing. Listen, take note. It says the rulers of the land didn't even have the power to punish them. Right? They didn't even have the power to punish. So we're worried about what man is going to say, what man is going to think about us. They do not have power to punish you. You haven't committed a crime. And even if you did, right, in the instance of you committing a crime or being disobedient, it says, listen, God is 
give us a vaccine and he is faithful to cleanse us from all unrighteousness if we only confess. We don't have to be caring about the threats of man. Even though they may threaten you, they have no choice but to let you go. Even if they can't hold that over your head unless you allow them to. They have no choice but to let you go. Okay, so let's talk about some more stuff, right? The opposite of confession is denial. If we're thinking about our internal perspective, our mindset, the opposite of confession is denial. And if we are not acknowledging or admitting, we have denied the truth, right? Because when we're confessing, we're confessing something that has been done privately, openly. And so if we don't confess, we are denying the truth of what has been done. The truth of what has actually happened. Okay, so if you have not confessed, you are, in a sense, ultimately denying the truth. And you don't have to lie to deny the truth. Your silence denies the truth on its own. Wow. Wow, you do not have to lie to deny the truth. Your silence denies truth on its own. You allowing the enemy to keep you muzzled and to keep you silent denies the truth on its own. You don't even have to say, oh, girl, I didn't get no abortion. That never happened to me. You ain't got to even say that. And so denial usually happens when a situation or an event or a circumstance or a behavior make us feel uncomfortable or threatens our sense of control. It's a defense mechanism, right? And it's this mechanism that we've learned to use to avoid the reality of the situation that we're going through, that we're currently experiencing, right? So we put up these barriers, we put up these walls, and we think that these walls or these barriers, this defense mechanism is going to help us cope with how we feel. When actually, in actuality, we're really burying what we're actually um, going through. We're burying the feelings. We're burying the emotions. We are burying the reality of what has happened to avoid the reality of the situation, right? And somehow we believe that by denying this thing or this situation or this event, um, maybe we won't feel as bad or maybe we won't even remember. And so this is what this is the process that we're going through. But if we're real and honest with ourselves, then we're like, oh, I actually am in denial, right? I actually am covering up the truth with layers and layers of so much other stuff, right? So that's when you see people start getting addicted to other things or they start hyper-focusing on other things because it's like, maybe for you it's ministry, maybe for you it's a job. For some of you, it may be pornography, it may be masturbation, it may be sexual, lust, all that kind of stuff because we start hyper-focusing on something else. We start um, doing other things that we may have not normally did or not to that extent or capacity so we can literally cover up the thing that we need to really deal with and so we put layers of hurt on top of the thing that we bury we put layers of betrayal layers of frustration layers of anger layers of all these different things layers of rejection layers of disappointment layers and everything it's just building up on top of another and we never really get to the thing. So now you're thinking that you're feeling all of these feelings because somebody made you 
some type of way. Or maybe you think you're feeling all of these type of feelings because someone else said something to you that you didn't like. Or now you're offended with this person in actuality. That's not even the thing that you really need to deal with. It's the thing that's underneath. And so we can't hyper focus on all of these other things and ignore the one thing that we really just need to acknowledge and deal with. Let me tell you why confession works, right? James 5 verse 16, it tells us that confession releases God's power. If we're looking at Proverbs 28 13, we see that it allows us to be kissed by God's mercy, right? So that's a scripture that says that our confession allows us to be kissed by God's mercy, which is basically what 1 John 1, 9 said. Listen, once you confess, you're being kissed by his forgiveness. Like God is going to forgive you. He is going to cleanse you from all unrighteousness if only you will confess. Right? Confession gives us a clean slate. It removes hypocrisy from our heart. So if you're struggling with feeling like a hypocrite or feeling like I'm not qualified or I'm unworthy of this thing because of this thing, right? Psalm 32, 3 says that we have a clean slate. We don't have to feel the feels of hypocrisy. Why? Because we've now confessed. First John 1, 9 says we will be cleansed from unrighteousness. So if you feel yourself struggling with these, oh, I'm not, I don't, I'm not supposed to be here. God can't use me for this. He can't use me in ministry. He can't use me in my career because I've done this thing. If you're feeling it, then you probably need to confess. All right? Confession opens the door to healing and freedom, and it releases us from the frustration and the misery of shame and condemnation and rejection. It releases us from all of those feelings that come from disobedience, from the enemy, all of those things. It opens the door for us to walk into freedom. It opens the door for us to walk into all that God has called us to walk into. But the thing that unlocks the door is the confession. Confession opens the door to forgiveness. We talked about that. You can also find that in Psalm 32, 5. Listen, at this point, everybody just needs to read Psalm 32 and truly study the word. Study Psalm 32 because you're going to find a lot of stuff in that, um, in that chapter of Psalm that helps you if you've been feeling um, hurt or you've been feeling unworthy or you've been feeling like you need to confess or you've been feeling condemnation. Just study Psalm 32 and let the Lord speak to your heart. Let him speak to you and reveal to you what your next steps are. Why confession works? In Psalm 32, 10, it says, once we confess, we're going to be surrounded by God's love. And here's the thing. These are scriptures that I'm giving you, but I've literally experienced each and every one of them through confession. Let me tell y'all, God is good. God is faithful. He will release his power. He will kiss you with mercy. He will give you a clean slate. He will forgive your sins. He will remove your sins as far as the east is from the west. Right? He will unlock the door to healing. He will unlock the door to freedom. He will unlock the door to restoration. He will give you a clean, clean hands and a pure heart. You will be surrounded by his love. I've experienced a greater intimacy and a greater revelation of his love through confession. We also know confession results in salvation. 
right? What must we do to be saved? Confess. Declare a thing. That's Romans 10, 10. Confession works not because of we're good, not because of who we are. Confession works because God is good. Confession works because God is faithful. Confession works because his love is unfailing towards us. Confession works because it allows us to be vulnerable before God, right? Confession puts us in a place where you have to be humble to confess. Like, I've never seen situations where people confess the right way and still be carrying pride, right? Confession will literally strip away all inklings of pride within you. Why? Because you have to get to this place where you're willing to be naked before God and before man and really expose yourself, expose your filthy nature, and expose the things that you've done, the things that you have been hiding for however long and bring those things before God and literally lay them at his feet. But it also unlocks a door to the greater intimacy that he wants to have with you. And so when we talk about this word vulnerability, it's, vulnerability is so power, it's so powerful, right? So confession opens the door um, and allows us to be vulnerable and naked before God. But then vulnerability, if we're thinking about this word, it's like, man, when you're vulnerable, see, a lot of times we think that vulnerability is a sign of weakness. That's a misconception. That's a myth, and that's a lie from the enemy to keep you from being vulnerable. Why? Because literally vulnerable vulnerability unlocks a greater intimacy, a greater relationship with God. And so what is vulnerability? It's the quality or the state that being exposed to the possibility of being. The quality or state of being exposed to the possibility of being attacked, harmed, either physically or emotionally, right? So when we're vulnerable, yeah, we may get hurt. That's what the definition tells us. There's a possibility that you may get rejected while you're being vulnerable from man, right? But we're, we're not really doing um, confession or being vulnerable for man. We're really doing it for God because he, he, he commands it out of us. He gives us a choice, an option to be vulnerable. We do it so that we can get closer to him. We do it so that we can receive um, all the things he's promised us through confession. And so what are some synonyms um, to vulnerability or to vulnerable? It's to be unguarded, right? How many of you all have guards up? Remember, we talked about the defense mechanisms. How many of you still have these walls, these guards up, and they're all around you? You won't let nobody get in. You won't let nobody come be, get close to you because you feel like they gonna, they gonna see you for who you really are. They gonna see you for what you've done, even if you don't disclose that information to them. So we put up these guards. We make ourselves um, unacceptable, right? People can't really reach out to us. Um, we don't answer the phone. We don't respond to our text messages. We just become inaccessible to um, our friends, family, coworkers, whoever it is in your life, you become inaccessible. Maybe for you, it's your spouse. You become inaccessible because you don't want to be vulnerable. Maybe there's something that needs to be exposed in your life that's preventing you from being vulnerable. To be vulnerable means to be exposed. It means to be naked. Let me tell you something. Vulnerability is going to take courage, right? 
you're going to have to be willing to accept weakness weakness you have to be willing to accept weakness and admit your brokenness why because his power is made perfect in our weakness and i just told you that when we confess it releases god's power and so we confess it releases god's power vulnerability right is what it takes to confess and if we confess if we're vulnerable it tells us in his word that his power is made perfect in our weakness vulnerability takes courage it requires us to let go of pride it's going to help others to relate more to you right so a lot of times when you hear these powerful testimonies right the reason why other people can overcome because of your testimony because vulnerability and confession unlocks the door to overcoming it unlocks the door for other people to see like hey oh if god did it for her then he can do it for me if god delivered her from homosexuality then surely he can deliver me from homosexuality if god delivered her from sexual immorality then surely he can deliver me from sexual immorality if god delivered me from condemnation and shame surely he can deliver me if god delivered her from feeling unworthy to be a mother surely he can deliver me from unworthiness if god delivered him from masturbation and pornography or her from masturbation and pornography surely he can deliver me so then you unlock the door to help others relate to you because if you don't tell people then how do they know if you don't share your story if you don't confess how do they know how do they know that healing is available to them how do they know that freedom is available to them vulnerability looks like giving your weakness to god and exposing yourself right so that he can cover you my god oh my god so that he can cover you y'all need to go back to read the story of adam and eve in the garden we truly have to let go of the idea of what others are going to say about us because usually that's the thing that's really really if we're honest that's usually the thing that's really keeping us from confession that's the thing that's really keeping us from being vulnerable right and it's not just for women men struggle with vulnerability men struggle with confession men struggle with these things as well so if you're a man listening listen these same things that i'm telling you it's gonna work for you too we have to let go of the idea of what others are going to think about us and what they're going to say about us and choose to trust god period we have to make a choice to trust god lord i trust that what your word say is true i trust you that if i confess this before man then you're going to cover me if i confess this you're going to um empower me if i confess this you're going to forgive me if i confess this you're going to heal here's some practical steps if you're struggling with being more vulnerable i want to give you some practical steps to becoming more and more vulnerable and of course this is a process right sometimes this don't happen overnight sometimes you really just gotta pray lord empower me give me the grace and the boldness i need to not even care break off every mentality or every limited belief that has me feeling like i can't say what you've called me to say that i can't do what you've called me to do because i fear man over you forgive me lord for where i've idolized man and i i put them at a higher place than you right so practical steps right sometimes we just gotta be bold and ask for support right so we even like start with the little things if you need help ask for it that's how 
you shall receive. God is literally giving us the blueprint in his word. Be like, ask for what you need. Ask for what you want. Then we have to acknowledge our feelings and communicate them truthfully. A lot of times we don't even want to look inside, right? Sometimes that hurts. Let's be real. Sometimes we don't even want to know what we truly feel. We don't even want to do self-reflection. We don't really want to do um, the, the internal work that needs to be done. But if you acknowledge your feelings and then communicate them truthfully, sometimes we like to beat around the bush instead of just coming out and saying what we have to say. Communicate them truthfully. Why? Because if you don't, how can I help you? How can I support you? And then sometimes, like I said, you got to be bold. You got to do the things that you don't want to do. Do the things that you're afraid of. Sometimes you just have to take the risk. Want this more than I want this. I want freedom more than I want bondage. I want I want healing more than I want emotional um, emotional baggage and, 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 and pain and all of that stuff. I just want this much more than that. I want God more than I want this relationship. I want God more than I want this career. I want God more than I want this ministry, influence, and fame. I just want God more than that. Right? So I, I'm willing to do this thing that I am terrified of for him, for a relationship with him, for intimacy with him. I'm just willing to lay it down. Everything else, I'm willing to lay it down for him. Also, be, be okay with failing forward. Be okay. Yeah, sometimes you might fail. Sometimes confession, you might actually get rejected. People may actually talk about you once you confess, right? But who cares? And I know people say that, but like, you really have to get this mindset. I don't care what you say to me. I don't care what you say to me. I'm going to do this anyway. Be okay to fail. Be okay for you to take this step and it not look like how you want it to look. And then also, don't take stuff personal. Just because somebody somebody is, is talking about you because of what you confess, just because somebody's trying to make you feel bad because you had an abortion, just because somebody's trying to make you feel bad because you missed your son's soccer game, just because somebody's trying to make you feel bad for whatever it is for you, don't take it personal. We don't know what other people are dealing with or what, remember I told y'all, you just putting layers and layers of other stuff. You hyper-focusing on everything else. You don't know what they're hyper-focusing on. You don't know that they struggling with the same thing, but they just trying to make you feel bad so they ain't got to deal with their truth. Jesus. Sometimes you got to change your perspective. Sometimes we like to look in the natural, and it's like, man, you looking at the natural. You don't even know that that person needs you to confess. That person needs you to go through the process. That person needs you healed. That person needs you whole so that they can get that same healing so that they can know it's possible. You know how many times people experience um, rejection from man and, 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 and all this kind of verbal abuse from man people want to talk about you behind your back and then God will do something in their heart. He will soften their hearts, right? And then the same people who talk bad about you, the same person who told you you was this and you was that because of what you did, that same person will humble themselves and come back to you and be like, because of your obedience. Because of your faith, because of your confession, because it, because you shared your testimony, I was able to also be free. And I thank you for it. You don't know what that person is going through, so don't take it personal. Also, don't dismiss your pain and emotions. Remember, I said acknowledge how you truly feel and be able to communicate that truthfully. In order to do that, you have to acknowledge your pain. You have to acknowledge your emotions. It's okay to slow down and feel like, I 
how did that make me feel? What am I actually feeling in response to this thing? And then let's expose it. I'm all about exposing the enemy. So let's just expose this thing, point blank, period. Expose the things that you would normally keep hidden. Like, for some people, the step to confession is just to confess. A lot of times we're so bold for other things, but then when it's something that we feel uncomfortable about, we're, we un we're uneasy. Like, we're loud about everything else, but that thing that the enemy want us to shut up about, we real quiet. No! What they say, keep that same energy in both, in both ways. Speak up when you have something to say. Use wisdom, of course, but if you have something to say, say it. Don't allow the rulers of the land or the leaders in your workplace or the leaders, whoever, to keep you silent when God is telling you to speak. When God says speak, you open your mouth and you speak. We don't get quiet, we don't shrink back. And so vulnerability takes courage. And we know that courage is the ability to do things that scares us. It's the ability to do things in spite of how we feel. It's a mental strength. Courage is mental. It's really, it really is. It's really that mental strength that lead us to persevere and to endure hardship and challenges and to keep going in the face of danger and hardship, right? Courage is to be tenacious. It's to be bold. It's to really have the audacity. You know what I'm saying? Just imagine the people, the other people who were trying for battle and war. Imagine how they were talking about David when he was like this uncircumcised Philistine. Do you know who my God is? Right? Imagine how people were probably like, this dude got the audacity to step toward this giant? Yeah, I got the audacity. That's the kind of courage I got. Right? It takes bravery. It takes fearlessness, right? It takes valor. And so I love this quote from um, Nelson Mandela. And it says, I learned that courage was not the absence of fear, right? I said, you got to do it afraid. It says, I learned that courage was not the absence of fear, but the triumph over it. The brave man is not he who does not feel afraid, but he who conquers fear. We just got to conquer fear, y'all. Fear can't keep hindering us from being in the will of God. And so the secret to healing is being vulnerable enough to confess. It's being courageous enough to confess what has been hidden. And so I mentioned James 5, 16 before, and the scripture is confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. So when I was talking about why confession works, confession unlocks the door to healing according to James 5, 16. It says the faith of and fervent prayers of a righteous man avails much. So you need to confess and pray for each other. Who's praying for you? I said confessions unlocks forgiveness. 1 John 1, 8, 9 says if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. We are in denial and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from our unrighteousness. That's the anchor scripture. Also, another thing that confirms that confession unlocks forgiveness is in Proverbs 28, verse 13. It says, he who covers his sins will not prosper, but whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. And then y'all, I love the book of Nehemiah because I'm a builder. I've just been called to build. So I love the book of Nehemiah. And in Nehemiah um, chapter 9, specifically in verses 1 through 3, uh, we see that the children of Israel had to confess their sins so that they 
to receive freedom and restoration. And so chapter 9 verse 1 says, Now on the 24th day of the month, the children of Israel were assembled with fasting and sackcloth and with dust on their heads. Then those of Israel, Israelite lineage separated themselves from all foreigners and they stood and confessed their sins and the iniquities of their fathers. They didn't even just confess their sins. They was confessing the sins of their fathers. They like, listen, I want freedom so much we finna expose everybody. Okay? Like, Lord, let me just confess. Let me confess what I did. Let me confess what my sister and them did. Let me confess what my mom and my grandma and my great-grandmama did because I want to be free. And it says, and they stood up in their place and read from the book of the law of the Lord their God for one-fourth of the day. And for another fourth, they confessed and worshiped the Lord their God. How much time you spending confessing and praying and worshiping your God? Listen, this tells me that confession is a sacrifice. This is not something that we just do and just keep moving. Like, you literally have to get uncomfortable to confess. Trust me, I know. I remember the moments leading up to my confession of abortion, y'all. I was so freaking tired of holding it in. I was tired of hiding. I was tired of feeling unworthy. I was tired of, of, of just feeling like, girl, what you doing? Why are you even in the church? Why are you in ministry? Why are you leading in ministry? Are you tired? Answer that question. Because it was the day that I decided to confess something I had been delaying for months. I had been delaying this thing for months. It was the day that I decided to confess. That was the same day I understood that God could do things suddenly. We read that in scripture like God do it suddenly. No, I actually experienced the suddenly of God of confession within an instant I remember walking on that stage in front of my peers in front of my friends my homies my leaders and I confessed my sin and I shared vulnerably tears and all and suddenly and instantly I felt a release an immediate release I literally felt the doors of forgiveness unlocked I felt the kiss of God's mercy When it says that God will cover you, your, your nakedness, your brokenness that you have been feeling, it says that God covers you, I felt him hovering over me. You literally will feel the chains that were holding you bound being broken off of you. And here's the key though, you have to acknowledge that thing and you have to confess truthfully because if you're trying to do that thing where I'm only going to tell a little bit, then you won't be able to... I, you might not experience what I'm trying to tell you is possible for you. And so as the tears rolled down my face, I felt the Lord's embrace. And I ain't just saying it to Ron, y'all. I literally felt him covering me. I felt safe. I didn't feel judged by people who I had confessed in front of. I didn't feel broken. I didn't feel unworthy. All of those feelings that I had been feeling up until that point, I no longer felt those things. I can truly say that I felt God's love in a tangible way. And I had never experienced his love like that before. I truly felt his grace and his mercy. Listen, there's a real beauty and power in being naked before God. There's a price that you're going to pay when you keep silent. And maybe you're not going to directly feel the effects of that price, but your children might. Your siblings might. 
The generations behind you might. Your marriage might feel the effect. Your finances may feel that you're gonna pay a price when you keep silent. Let me tell you something. It's Psalm chapter 32, verses three through six. I'm gonna read the TPT version, but it's talking about when I kept silence, my bones waxed old. Okay? It says, before I confessed my sin, I kept it all inside. I kept silent. My dishonesty, I just told y'all, when, when we don't say anything silent, you're basically not telling the truth. Right? Even though you didn't lie, when you're silent, you're hiding the truth. And this scripture says, my dishonesty devastated my inner life, causing my life to be filled with frustration, impressible anguish, and misery. The pain never let up. You can think you might be doing good for a season. You're like, man, whew, I ain't confessed yet, but I'm doing good. Things look like they going good. But you know deep down inside, right? We see a lot of people, and if this is sensitive for you, just, just skip past this part, but we're going to be honest and real, right? We see a lot of people leave these suicide notes behind. And on social media, we see like, man, they living their life. They got all these followers. That's what everybody's after. They got all of these followers. They look like they having fun. They always look nice. They look like they just, just prospering, right? It really looks like God's hand is upon their life. But then when you read these suicide notes, they're saying like, man, I've been feeling broken for a very long time. I've been feeling pain for a very long time. Like that pain never let up. Verse 4 says, the pain really never let up. I just started presenting myself as if I felt no pain. I was putting on all the layers and layers and layers and layers and layers to cover it up. I was putting up all these walls to hide how I truly felt, right? Nobody wants to be broken and to, to expose their pain in front of the world. Why would you put all of that on social media? So you put up the what you want people to see. Verse 4 says, the pain never lit up. For your hand of conviction, not condemnation, God's hand of conviction was heavy on his heart. It says, my strength was sap. You, you, you start feeling like, man, I just don't even want to get out the bed. Come on, this is, this is talking about depression right here. I don't even want to get out the bed. My strength is sap. My inner life has dried up. I'm not passionate about anything. I don't want to do, I don't want to do the things that I used to love anymore. My, my inner life has dried up like a spiritual drought within my soul. Jesus. It says, then I finally admitted to you all, then I finally confessed my sins. Refusing to hide them in a, any longer. See, you got to get to a place. This is good, y'all. I'm just trying to stay in this seat. Listen, you have to get into a place where you just refuse to hide that sin any longer. You just refuse to, to stop burying the pain deeper and deeper and deeper. You just got to get to a place where, no, I'm going to admit this sin. I'm going to acknowledge this before other people because I just refuse to hide it any longer. I said, this is what he said. He said, my life-giving God, I will openly acknowledge my evil actions and you forgave me all at once, instantly. The guilt, the guilt of my sin was washed away all at once, not over the course of time, not over the course of a decade, not 30 years later, no, all at once, all at once, the guilt of my sin washed away. 
You struggling with guilt right now and condemnation and shame. Can I tell you that all at once, God can remove it. God can relieve that pressure that you've been feeling. God can remove that guilt that you've been feeling all at once in an instant. Suddenly, he can remove it. What are you willing to do for an all at once type of blessing? Is it all at once the guilt of my sin washed away and all my pain disappeared? Do you feel pain? Are you struggling in that area? Have you been burying these things deeper and deeper and deeper and trying to hide the pain? Can I tell you that all at once God can make that pain disappear? Jesus, this is what I've learned through it all. All believers should confess their sins to God. Do it every time God has uncovered you in the time of exposing. For if you do this, when sudden storms, right, because we start getting into these situations in the valley and they, they happen suddenly. It's like, dang, everything was going good and then instantly my bank account in the negative. Then instantly my business is no longer prospering. Then instantly I can't put food on the table for my family. Then instantly all this stuff starts happening. People start getting sick. People start dying around me. All it looks like is suddenly everything just started going wrong. But it says all believers should confess their sins to God. Do it every time God has uncovered you in the time of exposing. For if you do this, when sudden storms of life overwhelm, you'll be kept. Oh my goodness. You'll be kept safe. <sighs> Let me just keep going because I don't want to get up out of this chair. But, um... And this podcast getting long, but it's so good. Like, I hope y'all listen to it, because if you miss this, baby. Okay, let me see. Let me try to cut this short. So, I want y'all to read Psalms 32. I want y'all to read Nehemiah 9. And I want you all to read 1 John um, chapter 1. And this is so good. This is so good. And I really want you to figure out, like, what's holding you back from confessing? And is it worth it compared to what will happen once you do it? Because this is what's going to happen if you choose, if you make a decision to say, I, I, it's not worthy. Confession isn't worthy. This is what's going to happen. When we don't acknowledge truth, we are being dishonest. And this honesty hinders our walk with God, right? So I'm doing a Bible study with a friend. I'm going to say this and then I'm going to wrap it up. I'm doing a Bible study with a friend and we're currently going through um, why God asks us um, questions if he knows everything, right? And so this is my reflection. My reflection was that he asked us questions, questions of where, who, what, why, how, to give us an opportunity to reflect, also to give us an opportunity to go deeper and to give us an opportunity to be open, to be real, to be honest, to be raw in our emotions and to be vulnerable before him. Why? So that we can deal with what needs to be dealt with and so that we can ultimately get closer to him. We know that sin separates us from God. So I would say when we confess, when we repent, when we are vulnerable, open, real, and honest, it draws us closer to him. It gives him an opportunity to show up and be who he was called to be, to be God, right? It says his power is made perfect in weakness. So if we're being, um, you know, if we're being vulnerable, then his power can show up. His power can be made manifest. Let me tell you, y'all, deception is a thief. It's a thief of your joy. It's a thief of your peace. It's a thief of your freedom. It's a thief of, of breakthrough for other people. It's a thief. 
And so remember, confession is not weakness unto being private. Confession is being vulnerable and courageous and naked before a God who loves you with an unfailing love. Why? Ultimately, so that you can know him more. Not even for what you can be, what you can get, but so that you can know him more. So that you can partner with him. So that he can wipe, wipe your slate clean. So that he can be faithful to forgive you according to his word. So that he can kiss you with his mercy. So that you can expose every lie and you never have to go and deal with that again. So you can open a door to not only have victory over every situation that has been keeping you bondage, but also say that you can triumph over the enemy. And so you can also open the door to healing in someone else's life, to breakthrough in someone else's life. Confession is powerful. And that is the hidden truth about confession. It's going to be the gateway to getting your voice back. It is the key to unlocking your destiny. It's the very thing that reminds the enemy of his rightful place under your feet. Are you ready to get your voice back? Are you ready to get your authority back? Step up, stand up, speak up, and do it even if you're afraid. Thanks for joining me this week on the Girl, Get Your Voice Back podcast. If you're interested in learning more about overcoming condemnation and silent shame, be sure to check out my website at www.ebonydjames.com and purchase my book, Silent Shame, The Master's Keys to Overcoming Condemnation to Receiving Healing and Restoration. If you found value in today's episode, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave a rating. 